The following program, Where Are They Now?, is sponsored by Art Andros and Bobby Drell of Halison Communications. The views and opinions therein do not necessarily reflect those of News or Radio Company or its management. Good morning, Artie. Good morning, Bobby. Happy 2024. Yeah, how are you? Happy 12th day of Christmas. What else we got? Epiphany. We have Three <laughs> Kings Day. There must be something else. You got any holidays over there, Nikki, no, that good. you want to plug? Uh, you know, sure. Hey, no. hey good morning, Nikki, and our, to our guests. Good morning. morning. Okay. Thanks for the water, Artie. Yeah, it's nice to hear. New Year, here. good. You guys stay up, watch the ball drop. Yeah, yeah here, you sent me some of these things. Here, read some of them. Oh, you you were sending me oh, messages. Oh, yeah, I sent you this. Yeah, go ahead, Happy read that. Happy New Year 2024. We'll a new year means a fresh look at the future and all wonderful possibilities it holds. Yeah. Let us welcome the new year full of things that never were. In the new year, may God bless you with happy beginnings and good fortunes. Fireworks. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wasn't I'm trying lovely? to get Facebook up live here. That was here. the best message. Is it? It was. Thank you. I sent that. Uh, yeah. To I got other most ones. Of my friends. Good vibes, bigger goals, more happiness, constant gratitude. That's important, I think. Stronger relationships, more focused than ever. Nikki, you're gonna be more focused than ever. I'm trying to be. Here, take this home with you. You can. <laughs> I'm focused on catching. There we go. Nikki's busy working on. Uh, no, you know. I'm over here. At the, I got an artist with me right now. I know you do. I know you do. We're gonna introduce her in Why a second here? here. I don't Must be see. At the art gallery, getting ready for the show. Yeah, I'm trying to get <laughs> us up here on Facebook. You and, didn't see uh, half the stuff she's showing. I might have well, to. Uh, I know she's very talented. Friend, uh, I didn't know she was an artist too. Oh what? yeah, don't you remember last time? But you're not seeing what she's working with. Oh Whoa. my God! Yeah. This is, this is Let's some see. Amazing. Let's go to Facebook. You got all. You got all ten. Log in. Oh my God. Wow. Although to. I was grinding the other uh -huh. day, and I, I'm making a big uh, thing, like a, cr uh, ch a crane, mm -hmm. a bird crane, and I had to take it apart. I had welded it together, so it was really good welds. So I'm like, I had to cut. I had to, you know, cut the two apart, uh -huh. and um, I cut every piece of clothing I had while I was doing it, but I oh, never wow. hit myself. <laughs> I always got well, paid. Well, you want to introduce our guest? I will. Let's okay. get going here. All right. I, I I stole the quotes we had last time. She's on the good, goody side. Good, no, I'm sorry. Good doer side. <laughs> A reformer. Unafraid to take on the boys in power. Yeah. I think you still do that, don't you? Uh, she gets blamed for everything. You still taking the boys on in power? Yeah. Occasionally. Good. Good, good, good. I just want to make sure... Um, let's welcome. Now, is it Alder Woman or Alder Person? Apparent, now I understand it's Alder. Just Alder? That's what I understand. All yeah. Right. I'm going to call you Alder Woman because that's when I knew <laughs> well, you at I the city. I think Alderman sounds better. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, let's welcome Helen Schiller. And she's the author of Darling to Struggle, Darling to Win. And I got the book. One of these days, I will read the whole thing. I got little bits and pieces, and we're not going to do all this today because we'll need three hours. all the notes you got. Wow. Well, I, got, I sent you notes and all that, so, mm -hmm. you know, I got notes in here, you know. I, you know, 
I can pop in and uh, where was the good one? Here. I like the stuff in the back here, like 10-point guide to action. Uh, those are some of the good ones we'll talk about later. So uh, let's start with your bio. And um, we always talk about sports team. Are you into sports? Mm, hey. I grew up in a sports family, kind of, but kind of. a baseball sports family. Okay, what was the baseball team there? I know. Brooklyn well, you, Dodgers. Dodgers, there we go. Brooklyn Dodgers. Brooklyn. They broke our hearts when they moved to L.A. They wanted some sun. <laughs> Why did they move to L.A.? Do we know? I uh, was a Better, little young at the time. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> well, stadium. money. I'm sure it was money. Ching, ching. Ching, ching. They got ching, bought ching. out. <laughs> they got bought out. There we go. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know uh, some people know. And Bobby, do you know that she was the first woman on the moon? <laughs> Just kidding. <you. laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> Talk about alternative realities. Um, okay. What? Hey, listen. Uh, I actually, so I came to Chicago in 1972. I was an activist for a decade and a half. I was very involved in um, Harold Washington's election, worked for his political education process and uh, political education program in his first term. Uh, although continued to be very active in Uptown, and then in 1987 ran at his his um, insistence, actually. Uh, you were the tiebreaker, I heard. Well, yeah, he <laughs> he convinced me to run by telling, reminding me that he needed 26 votes um, in order to be able to have some leeway in the city council and to be able to. Um, overcome his opposition, which was um, very similar to the kind of thing we're seeing in Congress today, um, but was really geared to doing exactly what Mitch McConnell said he was going to do to Barack Obama, which is to make sure that Harold Washington, they were going to make sure he was going to be a one-term mayor. At wow. any rate, I ran because of that and successfully won and did become the 26th vote, which really did mean, if you look at all the votes after, that he pretty much had 40 votes Wow. For the most part, which is what he always told me. He said, if I get 26, I'll get the 15 or so people that are always on the fence. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and the book, which I wrote right. after I left city council or just at, during the pandemic, um, covers my backstory, the time in Uptown between 72 and 80, well, until I ran for alderman, uh, or for alder, and won, and um, for alder, the city council. Now they call and now it's <laughs> that sounds worse. And, I um, that alderman, well, you know? the person, the woman, so, alderman. So the yeah. history there is that um, this this is the title is defined by the state legislature. So it was ah. went the whole time I was on the city council, it was alderman. Apparently, that's changed, and. I'm not, uh, I don't actually know when or how the state legislator did it or if they just decided to do it in Chicago, but I know that I went to a few budget hearings earlier that last for this this year's budget, and they were all referring to each other as Alder. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we bought our first house, my wife's title was The Wife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, I don't know where they come up with these, and then all of a sudden they change them. I know our, our last house, we are condo. It wasn't the wife, <laughs> you know, but uh, somebody. Interesting. Somebody. Yeah, yeah it's all cultural Forefathers yeah. or whatever. Well, it's yeah. interesting. That's it. Well, everything changes now, right? That's Nothing it. stays the same. All well, right. Well, I think that if you're, 
if you have inherently embedded in what in any institution or in your culture things that are give more acknowledgement to someone because of their because of their sex or because of their uh, national heritage or their ethnicity or their what their race um there's going to be hopefully efforts to equalize that and as that happens there are changes yeah well yeah and change is good at times and change isn't good well change is a constant yeah like anything else it can be good or bad it's up to us to hopefully tie it to core humanitarian issues i think not to get away from the book but change now with this people coming in these what's the title nikki what's your official title bobby helen what what's the title the people come over we're not but they're coming over um is it immigrants yeah migrants migrants Migrants, thank you Migrants. migrants i mean we talked earlier. I'm first generation. You're first generation. My ma came over on the boat. She went to Ellis Island. I think you were saying that some of your relatives went to Those Ellis my Island. My parents. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, I don't take sides, but I think when they came over, they had to fill out all this paperwork and and get sponsored. Yes or no? Yes, but there was a process that was established nationally. Okay. That was true for those that were coming in on the East Coast through Ellis Island. Okay. It was true for those coming through the West Coast. I'm not sure exactly what that was because that wasn't how my family oh, okay. came. Uh, there were those that came through the northern and southern boundaries. There was a process that was adhered to. And that, um, so like, for instance, at Ellis Island, which I am much more familiar with, people came through. It kind of came through like a cattle call, actually. If you go down there, you'll see it set up that way. And they went through and they had various different stages of, of places they stopped to deal with their health, to deal for public health issues, for a whole mm-hmm. series of different things. And ultimately, it was determined, and if, whether or not they had a sponsor, et cetera, and then it was determined if they could stay or if they were going to have to, or if they weren't going to get off, whether they were or weren't going to get off Ellis Island. Here... We have a situation that I don't entirely understand. I don't understand. I don't either. That's why I brought it up. I don't understand how there is not such a system established. Although I think that what I've heard a little bit, I think, is that it's a matter. Part of it is that there's not enough staffing, et cetera. But clearly there's not a system, which means there are not the resources and there's not unity on the policy. And it seems to me that there is... Um, a real effort on the southern border by those who are opposed to this to enhance it as a crisis and then force it upon those other the cities where historically they've been more friendly and where immigrants have landed and been able to get jobs and live and settle. And if you're not prepared to deal with a system that also then allows you to act relatively quickly, it's years, I believe, that people are waiting for the evaluation today on whether or not they're eligible for asylum, for instance. So right. what are you going to do with someone when they're doing it? If you don't correct the system to be able to allow, from a, in my perspective, a humanitarian aid. So I'll take my parents as an example. They were both, um, my father in particular, uh, well, they were both really came as um, for economic reasons. Uh, my mother's family also came for family reasons because some of her family was already here. But they pretty much, and also they came because of the potential. Uh, my parents are Jewish, 
And um, my mother was in a part of the world that's now Belarus, but was then part of the, um, when she was born, it was part of the Russian Empire. She has a Russian birth mm. certificate. My, her sister, who's a year, was a year and a half younger than her, had a um, German certificate. Wow. And a birth certificate. And her other sister, her third sister, who was another year and a half younger, had a Polish certificate. Mm. And when they came here, they came th with, uh, they, they came um, when Poland had, when, the, when where they lived was part of the Polish Empire. Um, so they were constantly, but they were constantly dealing with um, various different soldiers that would come and would loot their houses, etc. So there was an economic reason, but there was also a fear um, they themselves, to my knowledge, were not, um, there they was fear that I think related to stories about pogroms, but I'm not sure the interaction that they had with them. I know they had interaction with soldiers coming in and, and taking things from their house. Wow. Um, so they came, so you, you know, so they had multiple reasons, just like people do now. It's both economic, but there's also fear of safety. And when they came through here, None of that was evaluated. It was just, are you healthy? Okay. Do you have a sponsor? And where are they? To make sure that they got to where they were supposed to go. Interesting. So I don't, it, and, and, you know, so the biggest trauma for them on their travel was the time in the boat, the ship, and the time at Ellis Island that it took through to go through that and the anxiety about whether or not they'd right. be able to get through it. They did not speak English in both cases. And um, although my father spoke five languages, just none of them was English. And he had studied, he was studying English um, as he came over on his ship. Uh, so he knew a little bit of English, but clearly not that much. Wow. Hey, that's all right. I'm just telling you, you should put it up here. So. Interesting. I'm sorry. I, I think that the point is that there was a system. It was around, they came just at the cusp of a very strong anti um, immigrant sentiment that was growing in the U.S. at the time. And we go through these waves. And I think what we're at now is, and so they got here just as that was happening. But it had a huge effect on my mom's family. She was six and a half when they came. Her mother was a dentist, uh, which was pretty unusual, actually, as a woman. But she was never, the laws that started to be implemented almost immediately she came here, each one of them, she was on the cusp of taking the next step to be able to legally uh, be, uh, practice dentistry here. And with each one, she, there was a change in the law that made her have an extra step that made it harder and harder. And ultimately, she was not ever able to practice legally her dentistry here. Hmm. I think that, but that was this anti-immigrant sentiment that was really strong. And I think if we look at today, we have a similar kind of situation where our policies and, and, and also our policies that have created some of the economic issues that are bringing people here. So the economic policy, the policies that were established in the Trump administration vis-a-vis -vis Venezuela imploded, had a big, was a big part of imploding their economy, which is the reason why so many people, one of the reasons so many people coming through here from Venezuela in particular. Wow. And... We don't deal with any of that. We don't understand it. We don't pay for the consequences of our own actions, good, bad, or indifferent. And, but definitely the consequences, the collateral impacts. And now we have a situation that has been highlighted on the border by I, what I consider to be opportunistic politicians who are, um, who are 
on the one hand, um, who are just who are taking advantage of an unworkable broken system and trying to um, force the issue on the one hand with the cities and states that have said that they feel like we should address this. And on the other hand, uh, with the complete inability of Congress to act at all because of the polarization that exists. So it's a very bad situation. And I think that um, I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with it. Yeah. Nikki, you got a question. Well, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's like you said, Be the nice. cities that are welcoming and um, that we're willing to address the issue. Isn't it the federal government that's not seeing that we have yes. a problem at the southern border? I think would that, you say honestly that there is or is not a problem? I would say there's definitely a problem. I would say that it's a federal responsibility. Yes. I would say that the fact that the um, that there is this polarization and a refusal basically to have a conversation and, and any efforts and that at at a bipartisan conversation, and I have uh, and and have been really dashed particularly by the Republican leadership or more 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 specifically by the fear within the Republican party elected officials to act out of anything other than a, a, a fear of what's going to happen in their next primary um, which is usually you know which is the more conservative people tend to vote there apparently and the way in which the laws are have been written the, the both the the election laws have been written in the individual states. Um, we've got a problem because it is a federal responsibility, and there's only so much that any given single individual or party can do there without a real collaborative effort. And it has to be federal because we are a country of states that there's some things that have to be uniform. Um, the the issue about the cities. So the the city when Chicago was made a sanctuary city city what that meant specifically was it, it was it was a really it was an issue of public safety in chicago the issue was that uh, we had many many immigrants here who were undocumented and that was historic they were both pol the largest groups were polish and mexican but they weren't an exclusive there were many many um many from africa from latin america all from all over the world from europe out. yeah and um and the issue was that if they did not feel safe to address crime that was committed against them, that it would be impossible to address that. The other issue was, if we didn't make sure that they were part of the public health system, any kind of diseases or sickness that they had that was that could be passed on to someone else that, could, that was contagious would be a public health hazard. So for those two reasons, we said that we had to make sure that people were welcome into the public health system and that they weren't fearful when they went to the police about a crime that they would then be sent and deported through ICE, so, which was preceded Homeland uh, Security. So the... Um, so it was the immigration folks. So, um, so that in Chicago, and this was Harold Washington, um, an executive order was, he made an executive order that the police could not communicate those details to the federal government uh, immigration service uh, in order to encourage people to come forward with, uh, with who are victims of crime. And I think hmm. that that's really very important to understand. Yeah, It's not a matter of saying we don't want to follow the federal laws. It was a matter of saying the federal government has to fix immigration. And Chicago's been very involved in that over time. When there was, during the Clinton administration, when there was amnesty, that was... 
that was an opportunity which we took full advantage of. I was, an, I was an alder then, and we participated by making sure that everybody who was not documented, who was not yet a citizen, both legal and unlegal, some people had work permits, some didn't, that they had an opportunity to be able to legalize their status. And that meant, as you're saying, creating a process. They'd come in, they had to present their information, mm -hmm. that could be evaluated. And so now we had a way to make all these folks legal, to openly commun um, participate in our economy, which was a huge boon and help to us, and uh, to identify people who we felt shouldn't be based on very specific laws and regulations that were meant to keep us safe. So. Um, that was a really, really good process from my perspective and something that perhaps if we did today would solve a lot of our problems. But if you don't have the resources on the back end, if you don't have the finance, I mean, we did this with volunteers, but there was somebody who then had to, on a federal level, evaluate all the forms that people were filling out and sending in. If we don't have people working there to do that, we can't do it. That's not, they right. don't have the adequate infrastructure in the federal government, and the they have to finance it's Back on the federal, and it goes back to, right. I believe Kamala totally. was made a, a czar of the southern border, never once went down, and we're not going to falter for that. It's here and there. We all know she didn't go, but we Initially, saw the problem yeah. getting bad then, and it's just out of control now. And again, if the federal government doesn't have the correct or the proper resources, or the structure to deal with this influx of coming in. And let's call it what it is. Not all of them are seeking uh, asylum. It, they want a better life. Their economies are bad over there. Let's just call it what it is. Mm -hmm. But we, we can't take the pressure on just Chicago, New York, Colorado, or the southern border states to deal with that. That's right. I think, like you said, if they're going to come here and work, that's good. But what is the end result of fast-tracking them to allow them to work just so the cities and federal government can get the income from them. I heard Dick Durbin say he wanted to allow them in the military if they could pass the background. Well, how do we check all the backgrounds in every country? So That's the, a good question, yep. Nikki. Well, yep. I think it, it, it's the same issue for everything else. That's mm -hmm. just one example of how uh, people that... For, from someone's perspective, how people might be able to contribute. The issue is you have to set up the system to be able to do Correct. that. And it's not a matter of whether one person does or doesn't visit the border. It's really a matter of looking at the entire infrastructure in the country, uh, which isn't at the border. I mean, it may be that you want to put it there, but the impacts, the collateral re re impacts, uh, the actual ability in any given place, where, especially now where people are being sent, um, I think is is the real the key question of what what is how, you don't solve a problem unless you look at its most serious manifestation and and attempt to solve it from there, uh, which in this case is complex. And then how do you do that in a manner that doesn't create collateral impacts? My feeling about this is that the governor of Texas is intentionally creating collateral impacts in order to be able to force a solution that many people don't agree with. And, you're, you're, and I really have a problem I with that. I totally agree right. with that. I think we all do. Yeah, yeah that's, I know we got that's a caller. Issue. I know we yeah, got we a caller. Call Hold on one second. We'll good morning, caller. Welcome to our show. Where are they now? Thank you for calling in, David. David, good morning. Happy New Year. Yeah, morning. Yeah, morning. Happy New Year. Yeah, i got to agree with your guest. Uh, I'm calling you from out in San Francisco. We're an international city, and uh, mm -hmm. if you look at the... Uh, immigration is a big part of why we're the one of the healthiest economies in the world. I think California has gone from the eighth largest economy to the fifth largest economy in the world. Wow. 
because we we're a sanctuary city. We uh, don't allow people to blackmail uh, uh, immigrants. And what your guest is describing is really uh, a lot of the time when you think about the corruption in Texas, where these old bigots uh, are able to blackmail uh, an immigrant. If they make sure that they never get legal, then that means they're blackmailable. And when you think about organized crime, loving to have uh, a, a big army of people that they can blackmail and they can get the uh, dirty deeds done dirt cheap uh, through blackmail. They never want the solution. They always want to have it uh, in a dirty way so that they can profiteer from it and pretend to be pious religious when, in fact, you know, Jesus was born on the run. Jesus was an immigrant. And they, these old boys pretend to be Christians, but they had put razor wire underneath a river uh, so that you rip yourself up in a dirty water. Uh, I mean, I, just to the theme of blackmail, I think your your guest is right on it. I, I wish you would use that expression more often. Hmm. Well, thank you. And if I gave you the magic power, what would you do for this problem? If I could give you that one wish, what would you do? Well, it, uh, it, be nice the, now. The bigger picture. I turn well, everybody into picture. a reasonable person. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, the, I think the bigger picture is global warming. Because most of these immigrants are, are coming from parts of the, the world that are drying up. You know, they've ended up with droughts now in Central America. It used to be jungle country, but it's now being ripped apart by massive hurricanes and typhoons. And, and, and the, the topsoil is being washed off. So when these same crooked politicians refuse to acknowledge that global warming is real, they then ignore the fact that people are running for their lives from, uh, from the effects of global warming. And when God's creatures go from one part of their world to another and they run into an imaginary line put together by bigots, uh, you know, it's it's gotten to the point where the uh, you know we've got to acknowledge that global warming is real, and if they if these crooked politicians refuse to uh, budget any money for it, then they're not going to be able to budget for God's creatures that are trying to escape for their lives. All right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Well, thank you. Well, David, Happy thanks New for year. calling in. And, Happy New uh, Year. Keep listening. And how's the weather out there? Well, it started blue, but it looks like we've got a foggy day in the mission. Okay. All right. Thanks All right. for calling Thank in. You. All right. Uh, we're going to break for commercials. We'll break for commercials. And we'll be right back. Okay. Listeners. Thank, Thank you. Abbott Painting. Painting and decorating since 1973. Abbott Painting specializes in commercial, industrial, and residential properties. Abbott Painting is a licensed general contractor. Whether it's a wall, ceiling, floor, cabinet, tower, deck, fence, or anything you can imagine. Abbott Painting, with their 48 years of experience, applies premium paint finishes or wall coverings that will exceed your expectations. Call Abbott Painting and mention this ad for a 10% discount. For your free estimate, call 773-725-9800. Again, that's 773-725-9800. Thank you. Family Entertainment by JJ. JJ is an Arlingtonite-based family entertainer. 
He is an award-winning balloon artist and clown. He is also a very funny magician and a face painter who draws quick, simple designs to keep things moving. Ask JJ about his big bubble fun and his link to the North Pole. JJ will help you plan your party by using his years of experience as a family entertainer. Use JJ for birthday parties, corporate events, schools, and picnics. He also makes childcare, nursing home, and hospital visits. JJ has been entertaining children and adults of all ages for over 30 years. Call now for party planning and pricing. You can reach him at 847 483 4520. JJ is a Midwest Clown Association Hall of Fame inductee. Again, 847 483 4520. Attention out there. Atomic Bingo is looking for show hosts with good personalities, great part time money, and very short hours. For more information, call 773 805 1900 and ask for Ray. That's 773 805 1900 and ask for Ray. Atomic Bingo, always a blast. Your neighbor prescription headquarters, Tarby's Pharmacy, 5933 North Cicero Avenue, 773-545-0500. We accept most insurance cards at Tarby's Pharmacy. From Fannie Mae Candies, Hallmark greeting cards, office supplies, books, toys, sodas, toothpaste, drug items, newspapers, lottery tickets, toys, and so much more. Tarby's Pharmacy is family-owned, personalized service. Open Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Saturdays 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Sundays 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Tarpy's Pharmacy, your neighborhood prescription headquarters. Teach your students the joys of science with Denoyer Geppert. We're the USA's leading manufacturer of anatomical models for education, with a number of our products on display at the Made in Chicago Museum. From autographed anatomy to zoology models, we have something for all ages. Place an order online today at denoyer.com. Limo-style private tours of Chicago's historic downtown, lakefront, magmile, Chicago mob, ghost, and haunted stories, historic churches, stunning architecture, up to six people per tour, we pick you up and bring you back in style. For Chicago tours, you'll never forget, call 312-841-2560. That all-important phone number is 312-841-2560. Welcome to JenningsChevrolet.com. Jennings Chevrolet in Glenview is a family-owned business that's been serving Chicagoland since 1958. How has Jennings remained in business while so many of our competitors faded away? The simple reason is that Jennings delivers the low prices plus the quality sales and service experience that other dealers only promise. Every dealership pays the exact same amount to the factory for a new Chevy. But some dealers advertise phony low prices online just to lure you in. At JenningsChevrolet.com, every buyer qualifies for our lowest advertised price. The low price you see is the low price you pay. Jennings has one of the area's largest inventories of new Chevrolets and quality pre-owned vehicles. If you can't find what you're searching for, we'll get it through our express locator system. Thank you for visiting JenningsChevrolet.com. Jennings Reputation. Right to be. 
Johnson. Let's welcome our guest back, author and friend, Helen Schiller. Welcome back. Thank you. You having fun? It's great having yeah. you again. You didn't again. leave us on the commercial, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me an earful, though. Hey, well, you need an earful, but that's a whole different Our guest uh, was on our show once before, <laughs> listeners, and we're thrilled to have you back. And well, she's got you. that wonderful book. Darling da- to struggle. Daring, daring, Dar- daring, oh, daring. Dar- Why do I say darling? You know, <laughs> darling. Are you yeah. calling me darling? Well, it's okay. My wife will be jealous. That's <laughs> all right. We're brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> daring to struggle, daring to win. Five decades of resistance in Chicago uptown community. I don't know if it was resistance. I think you did a lot for them. <laughs> you really did. I yeah, think she's did. referring to yep. the uptown being resistant. Ah, uh, yeah. to her. her. Yes. No, yeah. not, no, no. I'm talking about. We, well, let's see, I, I, I'm talking about a history of resistance to the gentrification okay. um, and displacement of people from the community, um, often by cynically having policies established that supposedly were going to help the people who were there, like building a city college, but were built in on the very land where they lived so that they were no longer there when it was actually finished. Hmm in order to be able to participate. So the goal was to make sure to change both, to, to show you could do development without displacement and to make sure that the institutions that were created, there were actually three. There was the city college, there was a health center, a public health center, and a middle school would be actually responsive and available to those who lived there before as well as everybody else that was hmm. eligible. So, uh, but also that the needs that people had would be responded to. So mm. it was a constant demand for changes or for actions in in the public domain to be able to address the health, housing, uh, safety requirements that we all want to have a better quality of life. So was there a hidden agenda from developers or who that did some of this, you think? Well, this was a period of time. So I got to all the, uh, Uptown in 1972. Richard J. Daly was mayor, and one of his favorite ways of doing development or in, in Chicago, uh, their planning department really did exactly what I just said. They were constantly looking at whether it was the University of Illinois that was built on top of existing communities or whether it was Robert Taylor Homes that was built upon existing communities, uh, that the policy was pretty much you figure out you're mostly using federal funds. You identify federal funds that you can spend or state funds. You identify where you want to um, put it uh, or where you might decide it's needed. Uh, and you look at it. Unfortunately, they were constantly looking at it from the looking at places where uh, poor and working people were living, figuring, I guess, that they could just move people out by doing so. But it was a real plan for the reorganization of the city and, quote, unquote, eliminating slums. So you eliminated the housing people lived in. In some cases, you created new like at Robert Taylor, but you didn't pay a very good attention to how you were creating it because you didn't really care about the quality of life that people were going to have, apparently. And you ended up in a situation where uh, people who just who are currently there were moved to more and more destabilizing situations. So in Uptown, we said enough. That's enough. And in Uptown which had been um, organically somehow had become kind of a port of entry from people from not just from other parts of the city, but from all and other parts of the country, but literally from all over the world. We had people living there from every continent in the world and from all every most communities in Chicago that it was really uh, people had were there because they've been most for the most part displaced from somewhere else. 
So it was easy to be able to really connect all of that, or it was a no-brainer to want to do that or to see the opportunity. And, um, and, and there was a real resistance uh, to that kind of uh, displacement that was going on, that policy of displacement. So when I actually got elected, um, what I told Harold Washington when he said, I really want you to run and do this, and I said, okay, I will, but my first priority is going to be, after that, after getting elected and being your 26th vote, to really address the question of development without displacement and to ensure that we create real stability for everybody, regardless of their level of income, et cetera. So uh, that was, that's what that represents. Mm. Interesting. And we can pick up this book at Amazon, uh, local bookstores. Her website. Website? Any, um, literally anywhere books are sold. Um, online, anywhere books are sold. It's also an audio version. Right, I was going to say you have the audio now. The audio version, I read you, it, and yeah. I read it. I did the reading. Oh, so yeah. See, I it's like in my that, voice. That. I like the. It's good voice. See, I like. I don't like it when it's computer generated version. Or it's somebody else. Her voice, yeah, I'd like to listen. To the only it. thing it's missing is. Go ahead, Bobby. Say. Hey, listen. Thank you. There you, go. <laughs> uh, you also, I think, since you've been here, the Midwest Independent. Award, the Silver Medal Award. I don't think you yeah. had it on the book when you were here last time, so congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah. So did you, was there a ceremony? Actually, there was an event in Minneapolis. Nice. Did you to. get to go? I was there, yeah. Wow. You were saying when we walk in the studio, you've been traveling all over. Yeah, I did where a have lot you, of traveling. Where haven't you been in the last, uh, about six months ago you were here? Yeah, so I was on either coast, okay. <laughs> Minneapolis as well. So I've been, I've done several things in Wisconsin. You were going to Mexico for uh, an event? Yeah, so, yeah, so Mexico, I went for a wedding. My okay. niece got married there, lives there and got married. Um, I did some welding when I was there. Yeah, we're going to talk about that next yeah. because some of your artwork, we touched on there a little bit yeah, last some time. Some amazing but, artwork. Yeah. 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 In, uh, so now on the book, what I really want to do this year is do as much as I can in colleges and high schools. Wow. classrooms, so that's what we're working on now. Okay. Is there a phone number or an email they can reach out to you to get you to uh, yes. speak? So we have a website. Okay. It's HelenSchiller.com. Helen, H-E-L-E-N, Schiller, S-H-I-L-L-E-R.com. Okay. That's wonderful. Yeah. Have you been yeah. any shows, uh, talk shows, new shows, any any local? Because you are a star in Chicago. <laughs> She's been on a, a, a few of them. Um, I did a bunch last year. And um, I'm actually losing track of everything now. Oh, that's good. Um, that's a good thing. That means you're busy. Yeah. I'm very, you need an assistant. Yeah. I'm yeah. available. Uh, well, you, know, you know, to pay here, I can always go there. Maybe we can get to one of these, one of these talk shows. Yeah. Did you go to one funny. of the talk Forget shows in New York? Forget about it. Talking uh, about your book? I did. Um, I, I In New York City, when I was doing the um, taping, I did not. I was focused on the taping. Uh, but I've done some things with, uh, I did Pacifica early on. Okay. That was um, somebody who actually works out of the East Coast. So, it, 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 But I guess it's in, just like here, it's it's on Zoom, so it's na or it's virtual, so it's national. But, yeah. That's wow. Better. That's better. Yeah. It's it is wonderful. Yeah. Much better. Wonderful. Uh, is there a level when you hit a book? I don't know about, do you, do you, is there... Bestseller, golden, is there a level that She's you get silver. to? I think I'm pretty, well, that was that one was award. award. That was the I award. Think I, I, I think that um, I'm a little bit away from that. <laughs> I think okay. you have to have a lot more sales than we have. All right, listeners, let's get this book here. We want to get her in a uh, bestseller, you know. Yeah. And Bobby, I yeah, think absolutely. we got a phone call. Who's on the phone? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our show. Where are they now? Good morning, Joe. Thank you for calling in. 
How's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, yeah, I, I heard your last. Where I came in, I was like, am I hearing a repeat? No, I'm hearing another show. So this is really good. Well, um, we have guests that love us and our listeners like you. So, uh, you know, if they want to come well, back, we'd love to have them. I mean, we only touched a little bit last time because we start talking about this artwork that we still got to talk about. And it's just two regular guys and Nikki over there uh, going, what am I doing here? I could, be, <laughs> I could be watching cartoons at home with my daughter, huh? We'd rather have you here, Nikki. Yeah, I like being here. I like yeah. being here. But do you have We're a question for okay. our listener? Great. Yes, I did. Um, well, before I get to I have a new question for Helen, but before I get to that, I'm a little bit intrigued why you guys are interviewing Helen. And, like, I don't hear her on Joan Esposito or uh, Ed the Eisendrath show, but that's probably for another uh, Were you on Joan? Show. I, did, I did both of those shows. She Okay. You did? Yeah. yeah. So well, great. back up. Yeah, just yeah. Great. Joan's so show look, come up. My question is... To interrupt you before you ask Helen. your question, don't touch that station at 10 to 11 on Saturday mornings. Leave it there for <laughs> Art, Bobby, and Nikki. Please, where are they now? Go ahead. Ask your question. Okay, <laughs> Helen. Briefly tell us about, I know you had a relationship with Dorothy Tillman, uh, with Slim Coleman, and uh, your son, I do remember, helped start Streetwise. Could you talk a a little bit about all three of them and what your relationship is with them now, if you do still have it? So my son actually didn't start Streetwise. He worked for Streetwise. He was a... um, when he was there, he did uh, he did turn it in. He did it. He was it was his work that initially had it go to four color printing and go weekly. So, uh, but he worked there for a while. You're right, and he was very involved with him um, when his years ago his daughter was first born. So that was like 25 years ago. Wow, um, <laughs> long time. Yeah, so I did. I worked uh, with Slim is um, in um, another part of the city. Works in uh, West Town. I think his uh, health is not great, but he's still alive and kicking. And um, and his family is very involved in a whole series of different programs um, and activities. And uh, and Dorothy, I'm uh, yes, I've been occasionally in touch with her. She's um, there's several chapters in the book that talk about things we did together. Um, and she's uh, involved, she continues to be involved, especially with her daughter, in the um, Harold Washington um, Cultural Center on the South Side. Nice. Nice. Well, thank, well, thank you. you. Hey, have a great uh, you year, having, huh? Hey, thanks for calling talk in, Joe. You. Have a great thank year you. and sure. all the bus. All right. Now, who sent you the nastiest letter about the book? You don't have to mention her name. Any nasty letters? Any nasty comments? That's good. Art. Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Art. You know. <laughs> no, I enjoyed the, you know, what I've read. You know, you know me. <laughs> you got this. I got the pharma the, the guest coming up in a few weeks. I gotta read some of his book, you know. And you got your own life still to live, yeah. So sometimes you're constantly reading. <laughs> God, if we grade but you it's on your... great. It's great. Someday I love uh, the title of this. That's right. You know, I love the title. Just of this. don't call it darling like I always do. <laughs> daring. To there struggle. we go. Daring to struggle. It's so, daring to win. So that comes from the a concept. Quote is by, tremendous. Comes from a quote by Fred Hampton. Uh, he would say, "Dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't dare to struggle, you don't deserve to win." Fred Hampton was he an uh, activist? Fred Hampton was the Illinois. Uh, 
the chairman, deputy chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party, right, who okay. was murdered, the name. Yeah, murdered yeah. by the police squad mm-hmm. that was uh, responsible to Hedwood Hanran. Now, I might be wrong. I'm asking a question that I'm a little ignorant to. Bobby Rush. Yes. An associate or a Black Panther, or Both. was just part of the movement? Both. Bobby Rush and Fred Hampton. Bobby Rush was the minister, the Illinois Deputy Minister of Defense, of uh, the Deputy Minister of Defense of yes. the Illinois Chapter of the Black Panther Party. He and um, he and Fred Hampton formed the Illinois Chapter, and um, and obviously later he became a congressman. Now, was he ever had? Does he have a felony conviction? No. I, Who? No. Bob, yeah, just, like I said, ignorant. Huh. I just no. The only alderman who has that I know of who's in who is uh, in city council still um, who had a felony conviction, which was pardoned, I believe, by a governor. I can't remember which one. What did he have is, the conviction before? We'll get the name in a second. Before he yes. became an alderman. Yes. So you can't have a felony conviction only unless no. he it was pardoned. Pardon. You got to so be pardoned. He had to be pardoned. For so he had the conviction before he ran. He got pardoned, and that made him run or allowed yeah. him to run because right. he was oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So what was that? All he was he was young. It was it's 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 Walter Burnett. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Hey, listeners, give us a, a call Walter if you have a, a question for our guest uh, Alderman Helen Schiller. Give us a call seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. We have the lines open for your call. Thank you. I, I want to hear about this artwork. How did you get into this metal sculpture? You just couldn't do that is clay so cool. or pencil? She could, pro- she could probably do that, too. I, yeah, go ahead. Wait till you see this. Go ahead. I, I actually, saw it last time, but I want to watch see it again. Go ahead. I, I really have always loved metal sculptures. Okay. Sculptures. And um, honestly, I just finished the book. It was I just sent it to off to the to the um, editor, I mean, to the publishing house. Um, there were going to be edits to come. I actually had no idea what was to come. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I needed another project. And I was actually talking to my brother who started talking about he had just moved to a new house. He had a big backyard. He said, in that corner, he's telling me what he wants to do. He says, in that corner, I want to do a sculpture garden. And a light bulb went off. Wow. And I was visiting him, and I Amazing. left, came home, and started taking welding classes. So that what was welding a, do you do? MIG, I do. Pig, I do arc. mostly Meg. Meg, I love Meg. It's with the gun. It's a self feeder. Yeah, it's, it's a very fun until yeah. it sticks and you got to fight the gun and get it off. Okay, I know nothing about. I it. just well, have to I press know. it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Since you mentioned that, can you describe that a little bit yeah, more for our listeners? What type it. of a device is that? The Meg welding. Go ahead. You're the expert. It, <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe the device. <laughs> it's a spool of it's a spool of wire, okay. Mm-hmm. And the gun self feeds, and as you pull the trigger, you get the arc, and you sit there and bring the two metals together. Oh, I see. And as she explained, which I never knew going through school, and even my instructor in SIU never taught me how to take it off. He used to fight when it would stick yeah. to get it off. Just no one ever it. told me. No one ever told me just press the trigger because when it's then it's hot and you can yeah. Right. Wow. Interesting. So, but it's some of the better well, welding. Unless you do welding, uh, our listeners, they don't know what that is. Oh, so you need one of those big masks? Yes. Ah. Oh, yeah. oh and there we what go. about for the light? You That's know? the mask. Yeah. That's yeah. the mask. mask. Okay. Yeah. And you know, the only reason I know that mask is, what was that movie? Uh, She's going to show us what? The Dancer. Come on, I know what you mean. Flash dance. Thank flash you. Dance. Thank oh. you. Yeah, flash dance. <laughs> yeah, you're too young for yeah. that stuff flash there, Nikki. Dance. Show us some of your, and then put it up on Facebook so people can see. Is that up? Uh, Air give me. Yeah. Is that yeah. what we're doing, that one in front of her? Yeah, or that one? Either or. Hold on. 
<laughs> we don't have the we don't have the Facebook. Are you screen okay over there? Yeah, either one. Just put it on. We don't have the Facebook screen up today. We don't have it up today. I couldn't get the uh, Facebook logged in. You couldn't get it working, huh? Yeah. Forget about don't worry it. Hey, about listen. It. Which is the favorite it's sculpture log, you've done? It's, uh, so I don't. Uh, which I don't I'm know. going through all of them. Be, for, okay, be careful. You, you might wind up. Uh, you know, no, I stop. I, I know where she's talking. Okay. Be careful. There's not any porn on <laughs> My there. My favorite one. Uh, you know, get our <laughs> ratings up. No porn. To get our ratings up, I don't think on her phone it would never be. It's a family show. Well, yeah. That's my favorite. Oh yeah. You know what? After seeing this. Yeah, yeah. Which one are you buying, Nikki? Come on now. I'm not. I'm getting consignment. Uh. How long? Wow. How long does it take to create a piece like that? It depends. That one. Prob two two I don't swans? Know. Oh, the swan. Uh, two yeah. cranes. Two what? Two, yeah. So cranes. They two cranes. You transformation. You know, like yeah. all, all those birds. Yeah. But they're all by your house all the time. I know what they yeah. were. They're funny yeah. looking things, but they're mean. I yeah, got, they're beautiful. I, there, there's a there's a couple cranes that hang out by me where I'm next to uh, Wright College here on Arrogances. We're not talking to cranks. We're hey, not talking. Listen, I mean, I just asked our <laughs> guests how long does it take to uh, make something like well, that? Well, these here, that? which are not that, I mean, the cranes is the biggest one. It's uh -huh. um, 17 inches tall. Wow. Um, that one probably because they're different things. I had to prepare the, the base, metal and the then I had to the, cut the wow. thing out and then I had to do the welding. So maybe about. Somewhere between six and nine hours. Oh, okay. wow, that's it. I figured about Maybe a month or so. So that's better than well, therapy. Yeah. So it could have been a little longer. Yeah. Um, but I do welding once a week. Wow. Really? Show him the details. They're not even seeing the details. Just wow. show him. God, it, it you're could amazing. Have been a oh my longer. God. Do you have to get in the mood to Enlarge do it, or you just have a body. set day? Wow. This I take is a amazing. class every Wednesday. Okay. And then if, um, in wow, between. Wow, this is beautiful. Okay. Sometimes I do some studio time. Yeah. Are any of your items for sale? They're all for sale. They're, well, out of these. <laughs> so the first two years, all I've done is do stuff for family and friends. Wow. Hey, Occasionally, listen. I've yeah. sold, you know, so, you wow. know, and, and I, the detail I've sold a few a little bit. I mostly have provided, I've donated them a few times, pieces wow. for, for not-for-profits. Yeah. Well, we're non-for-profit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do gorgeous work. Ooh, tell me about this one real quick. We're running out of time. So that one was done in October. Sure. Wow. Was and, it found um, in the Honestly, this was done, this one and then the other one, the one next to it. Um, this one here. Okay. On, where are you? <laughs> it's got uh, chains the, and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so the, these two. So this one, the first one you showed me yeah. was done uh, in October, the end of October, I think, sort of towards the end of October. And I was, uh, in a, I was really... Wow. The it's beginning of tremendous distress ah, about what okay. had happened in what was happening in the Middle East. Okay, um, wow. and I really was it tells concerned. A story. So we talked earlier about how we have policies, and then there are con there right. uh, collateral impacts. And I am literally beside myself at the way in which um, the response has been to the uh, Hamas attacks. Okay, mm. um, neither are acceptable. But the, but the level of um, isolation and destruction of a whole, you know, na essentially nation. I mean, right. of and people. the food and the water and the medicine. Um, so this was the beginning yeah. of that, and I was really disturbed. Mm. You know, I'm Jewish. I was concerned about the attack um, that that occurred. But that's all of these things. 
um, have been years in the making because of the inherent contradictions um, in the way in which the territory, Dead. that whole territory has been addressed over years. And it's complicated and it's very emotional for a lot of people, um, but it really hurts my heart. Okay. And the second one is I did in November. Actually, when I was in Mexico, I, 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 there's a place there I do welding. And this we did. You asked me for how long. This I did in a two-day period of time wow. in literally about One quick question, hours. Annette. Beautiful do you, you put it in your luggage and go through the metal detector, or do you ship it? So this one, <laughs> I had work. this idea uh-huh. that it was exactly the right size to fit in a box to go um, be carry-on. So, of course, I was going to do that. And I wrapped it a little bit. I yeah. protected it. But when I got to, when I got to the... Um, it was TSA? The, well, it was me- in Mexico coming back. Oh, okay. So it was a me- you know, okay. When I got to, maybe, yeah, I don't know if it was customs or if it, whatever, but they said to me, they looked at me and they said, what's in there? And I had a picture. Oh, okay. And I showed it to them and they said, that's metal. And I said, yeah. They said, you can't do that. And they made me put it on the... Okay. But I just put All it right, on the yeah. luggage. I got to say thank you. And well, cut we you got, we're running out of time. Uh, thank you. But thank uh, you, Alderman, for being I on our show. I hope you're working on another book. We'd like to have you back, or we can come back again and talk more goodies. We always enjoy you. Bobby, I any last-minute yeah, announcements? I have a uh, shout-out to my good friend, Pat Perry. He had back surgery. Okay. Uh, you're in our thoughts and prayers, Pat. And also, he was a guest on our show. Okay. Uh, last year. Uh, all the best to you, Pat. We hope you feel better. All right. Next week, we have Harvey Wells in the studio. WSCR uh, uh, to score and WXRT. So we'll have a radio guy. Uh, maybe Mark can come and they can debate, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all. We hey, love listeners, you. Listen have to a great us week. next week between 10 and 11 on uh, WCPT. Thank you. Be kind to each other, and thanks for listening. Love y'all. Thank you. The preceding program, Where Are They Now?, is sponsored by Art Andros and Bobby Drell of Hey Listen Communications. The views and opinions therein do not necessarily reflect those of News or Radio Company or its management.